The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Pressure throws it to Eckler on the screen. He's got a block to the 10, to the 5, into the end zone. High pass. Did Williams make that catch? My goodness. Three for a first down. Herbert with time. Now running out of time. Throws on the run. Down the sideline. Caught in the end zone. <laughs> Keenan Allen for the touchdown. Throws, and again, it's intercepted. And that's Asante Samuel. Here's another oh, one. Watch out. How did it feel when Derwin James absolutely powerbombed the f*** out of you on national television? You're listening to the Shock Therapy Podcast with Tyler Lawrence and Zach Alfers. And we're back with another episode of Shock Therapy. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about the Chargers' 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th round draft picks. Talk a little bit about Austin Eckler's incentives. Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about OTAs and kind of what's going on with that. So, Zach, what's going on with you today? Uh, today, um, not a whole lot. Got this going. Got work later tonight. Um, excited for the the holiday weekend. So, uh, not a whole lot. It's kind of in, in in sports limbo right now. Baseball is boring to me with Padres being under five hundred. Uh, basketball is over for me with the Warriors not being in it and. Um, Honestly, really excited for preseason to start so we can get into this regular season because um, football season is when I'm, I'm the happiest. Well, we're in OTAs right now. Uh, I think we could just kind of start talking about Joey Bosa being here. Kind of what are your thoughts? Uh, because he's kind of usually a, a, a guy who goes and practices on his own. Khalil mm-hmm. Max in camp almost feels like he's obligated to be there if another veteran's there, right? No, uh, I I love it because I think it, it it speaks to the culture uh, of this locker room at this point, and I think we've been talking about it ever since Staley arrived. Uh, this culture, this culture, this culture, and 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 now you're seeing it in place. Uh, guys holding themselves accountable, coaching staffs holding even superstar players accountable. Troy Bosa doesn't need the reps. It's all about him being seen by the rest of the team. Him building these bonds with new young guys. Um, if Khalil's doing it, Joey needs to be doing it. And I, I, I love to, to get to the level that we want to reach, the su- Super Bowl caliber type of team, beyond just talent, beyond just like an organizational type of, of structure in place, guys need to click. And so that only happens being around each other, going through the grind together. Um, and, and so I, I love what this represents. And so I, I can't wait to start seeing the gelling come together in form of, you know, sacks and pressure on the quarterback and all that great stuff that comes with it. Um, but it, it, it starts, it starts by putting in the work. And I, I love to see even a, a guy like Joey Bosa, who has all the accolades, who's one of the best pass rushers in the league um, saying, you know what, I'm, I'm not above the team. I'm not above the rookies. Uh, I'm going to go do this because the team is asking that of me. And so I, I, I love the coaches asking Joey like, Hey, we need you here. And I love the fact that uh, Joey, you know, answered the call. So I, I think it's good for the team. Um, yeah. And, and excited to see what that turns into as far as like a, the production side of things. Yeah. I think it's, it's huge to see um, veterans going to OTAs. Cause that's kind of, you know, they're, they're, 
they're not mandatory. They're just kind of on-field workouts. Um, the only two non-injured players that weren't there was Mike Williams and Austin Eckler. Mike Williams uh, did – I wouldn't say he's non-injured, right, because he did, uh, yeah, you know, he's fracture his back, you know, in the preseason game back in late January. So I think it's kind of one of those things where they're just taking it slow. He might not be feeling any pain from it right now. It might be healed, but – why have him on the field when he had what could have been a pretty significant injury just a few months back and you're expecting to get him in training camp in July. So, uh, and then Austin Eckler is a, a typical no go at OTAs for the running back position. I don't think it really matters all that much. Um, probably mattered a little bit more last year when the scheme was a little bit newer. Uh, actually this, the, the scheme is new. We got a new offensive coordinator, yeah. so it is a little bit different, but um I guess we could talk a little bit about Austin right now. So uh, it looks like Austin's going to be on this team next year. He just signed a um, an incentive deal, basically, that gives him an extra about $2 million in additional incentives. Uh, he can make up to six hundred k for uh, reaching different touchdown tiers, 10 to 16, uh, an extra hundred fifty k for Pro Bowl berth, and then he's adding an extra million for um, – uh, total yards. Uh, so total yards, not just rushing yards, but total yards. Uh, he can reach all the incentives if he gets 16 touchdowns, uh, 1,640 yards, which is pretty much what he had last season, and then that Pro Bowl berth. So 1.75 million in total incentives. Do you think that's fair, reasonable? Uh, I, I think, think it's still kind of undervalues him. No, absolutely. Um, but I, I, I think it's fair value at this point in, in the negotiation process. Um, I think the Chargers handled it like a championship organization. They said, hey, we want to keep you. Austin said, I, I think I deserve more money. And so they said, hey, go go find a trade partner. We'll, we'll, we'll allow it. Um, and, and Austin bet on himself. And I think at the end of the day, he came up a little short for her, what he was asking for, what he's valued at. Um, but you gotta you gotta realize that this 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 league is a business. It, it's run like any business runs, and that particular position is not as valued. It's not a CEO, CFO type of role. Um, so those type of people in, in the league's eyes are replaceable. I love Austin Eckler. I come up in here like weekly. I feel like uh, to talk about how much I like the guy, and so I'm happy he's still with the team. I'm happy he, you know, found a, a solid plan B because I, I thought as soon, after like two weeks of him searching for a trade and nothing on the table, I, I was pretty sure he was going to come back um, with some uh, with an incentive type of deal like this because there was nobody there. The, the value is not there. Guys don't need running backs like that. Uh, Austin Eckler is such a, a, a niche talent in a devalued position that it's not going to work anywhere else. Like right. we, we love you here, like we love you here. And um, not a lot of people love pass catching running backs, even, even small, really, really, really strong ones who are good for the locker room. Um, and so I think all of those incentives that he laid out are hittable. He literally just has to go with the, the averages he's been putting up. Um, the only one that, that steps out to me is the, Pro Bowl, because even if he runs for 2,000 yards, uh, media members are not going to vote for him. So uh, <laughs> I think that's the only one that he's not going to hit. I think he gets 10 touchdowns. I think he gets 
1,500 all-purpose yards. Um, I don't think he's going to get in the Pro Bowl, even if he has 2,000 rushing yards. I think he could. No, for sure. Like, I think he he's pretty. He was pretty close to that Pro Bowl last year, uh, both years, right? I think the issue is it's all-purpose yards, and it's not true running back yards, right? Not true yeah. rushing yards. But well, that, I think that, he's been just on the outside of that bubble. But I, I think that's the the I think the the disconnect here is I look at all purpose yards and I'm like, oh yeah, that's a that is a solid player. People look at running backs and they go straight to rushing totals. And then they'll look at Austin at like number twelve on the list and like, oh yeah, he's not good. And they don't even look at touchdowns. They don't look at what he's doing on, on the receiving end. So I, I think he gets I, not I don't. I disagree. Even. So I think. I think. I think he's just been. I, I just don't understand so why he's not been in the Pro Bowl the every year. single time. He better and be. You, the you other thing. They the other thing I want to talk about with Austin. Let me let me talk about Austin. All right. So oh, the other okay. thing I want to talk about Austin is he is marketing himself. The Pro Bowl is a popularity contest, and Austin is just right outside that bubble. Yeah. Like he's right there, right. And you think of all the marketing stuff. He's got his own app now. He does all the the stuff through his foundation. Like he's he's a popular player. He's just not been the of the you know what is it six running backs that make it. He's been like seven or eight. He's right there. He's it's a problem gonna contest. Make it. You got to be the pop, most popular at the position. And you know, and I think with every year, Kellen too, Moore. You, go ahead. Go ahead. I think with Kellen Moore, like, I think that he's going to get more rushing, true rushing opportunities because I think we're going to run the ball more, right? That's the other thing is he he barely missed the thousand-yard benchmark and he's not going to get as – he's he didn't – he had like three or four rushes the entire Jaguars game, right? I think he's going to be used more than true running back. I think he's going to be used more as a true running back, and I think that's going to get him right over the hump. The other thing is the Chargers were not winning until late last year. So if the Chargers go on a you know run where that's they're got 10 or 11 wins, like that could potentially push him over the hump. He's right there. What? He can hit that incentive. And I like that. I like that point too, because it's like an it's it's like a franchise hold back the fact that we historically do not get out to hot starts even like on our 12 and 4 season i think we lost like the first two games i think we came out the gate one and two and then finished the year uh 12 and two um so getting out to a fast start i think is imperative to to any team looking to burst onto the championship scene especially with the chargers who have at this point like so much disrespect across the league, blowing that 27 and 0 lead with, uh, you know, our history of charging, quote unquote. Um, I'm, 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 I'm ready to put that shit to bed. Like, I'm so sick of hearing this and fielding these types of comments. Uh, getting out to a fast start gets our guys in the Pro Bowl and it, it, it alleviates a lot of that outside pressure. Um, yeah. And, and I don't think we need more. Like we know what we want to do. We we are talented enough to compete with the best of them. It's it's all about staying healthy and, and putting it all together on 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 Sundays in prime time. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about with Austin Eckler is the Chargers did not need to give him this deal. He was under contract regardless. No, no. You know, I think it was an act of good faith. Yeah. Uh, and and I mean they gave him the ability to make a little bit more money because they realized that. 
the position is undervalued. They realize that, you know, Austin's at the end of his career. Let him go. Like, he already had something to play for, right? He's he played for his next contract next year. So yeah. he was incentivized anyways. Uh, this just provides him additional opportunity to make a little bit more. That's an act of good faith on the Chargers' part. Uh, the last thing I want to get into right before we uh, move into these draft, uh, the four through seven draft picks, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, kind of crazy, interesting that they just released him. They couldn't find a trade partner. Uh, I don't see any room on this team, but I mean, he has said he wants to play for Justin Herbert. Uh, if there was a place that he wanted to go to, you know, he I, I think he wants to chase a ring and he wants to play with a good like a, a strong arm quarterback, right? He's he's talked about Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he he just he's never had a, a a top. I mean, he had Deshaun Watson early in his career, but like most of his time with the Texans was pretty horrible. And then right. he didn't even have a quarterback the last two seasons because Kyler Murray was injured so often. So just want to get your thoughts on on the matter. I don't see any way with our six on our depth chart that we. Uh, pick him up. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no fit. Um, on top of not being a fit, super, super redundant player based on on, on the value we have at that position. Um, now, I think at, the, at this point, I just want him to see him go anywhere but Kansas City. Um, I think he has plenty enough in the tank. Uh, I think he just would have the most fun receivers I've grown up watching. Um, I, I always, every time anyone says that lays out Deandre Hopkins name, I instantly go to that training camp video where he's in a um, cross team opening or what is it? Cross day preseason training camp video. And he's going one-on-one and, and the DB comes up to him and he's like, I'm going to lock you down. And he's just, just like, I, I fear God. I fear God, boy. And then he goes, he breaks him off on a, some crazy route. And the dude uh, tears his ACL for the year is out. I feel and like I want, he was always it, getting in, I want in to say it was, preseason fights too, right? Like, wasn't he always like one of those guys chopping it up? Who Hall, the DB Hall. D'Angelo Hall. I think it was D'Angelo Hall when he was on the Browns, like late in his career – I want to was say the, the the Redskins, D'Angelo Hall Redskins? with the Redskins, yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah. He, uh, like they got into a little skirmish there, right? and so they're like, all right, let's let's finish it on this prep. And I think Hop just ran a a, a slant, and on the slant, uh, Hall broke outside and and tried to adjust coming in and uh, tore his ACL doing it. So yeah, uh, I, I definitely I, remember that. That was prime Hop. I think he was like two three years in the league at that point. The guy still has some juice. He's going to be productive. He's not going to. He's no longer a number one. But if you can add him as a number two, number three, I think he's in the zone. Uh, I still think he's a number one man. I just think he no, was no, suspended he had, last year, uh, and he was injured the year before. Like, he's been suspended a couple times now for. Uh, it was I, a, a steroids, right? Yeah, no, but I, I think he could be a guy. I think people are going to be hesitant because because of the injury issues, because of the age, and the fact that at this point in, in in the game, most receiving cores are set. Like, right, he's going to be an addition. So it's like, who who values him as an addition? Most people are, are at this point are pretty set on their top three. 
Now you're going to put another guy in the rotation that's going to muddle things a little bit. So if you're comfortable with doing that and throwing him in the rotation, if you think that's going to make you better, then go for it. I think the Chiefs. I just wonder if makes he takes sense. a pay cut to to go to some place like gonna, he, he's going to play. I think I think I I think the Bills is the the. I think the Bills is the best fit. Uh, you make you make Gabe Davis a number three. You let D Hop just operate in in as the number two in that offense um, with a ton of running back help with a solid cornerback um, and then with a true number one in Stephon Diggs um, and a legit one of the best quarterbacks in the league throwing you the ball. He's n- never had that. He's never had a Josh Allen. Uh, quarterback in his offense, so th- that would he be had dangerous. An early Watching... career, Deshaun Watson is what he had. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I mean, and those were his some of his best years. But yeah, the fact that he could produce with like with the Davis Mill, like the Millses of the world, with all of the I can't even think of a single good the one of the cars, but I think that was before he was drafted. Carr, I think it was uh, David is... David Carr and then Matt Schaub. Remember Schaub? Matt feel... Schaub, yeah. I thought oh, I feel like that well, might have been his rookie. Who was the Broncos? Who was the Broncos Osweiler? guy? Yeah, Brock Eisweiler is who we play with for a good chunk. <laughs> like just make fun of the. All right, this is going to turn into a Texan just burn session. <laughs> but I mean, we had terrible quarterbacks David. under center before Deshaun Watson. They've been horrible. And I think the Carr, the other, what's his name? Brent uh, Stephen Carr. What? David. David Carr. So David Carr, I think, was Andre Johnson before. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. But, I mean, still, like, the the he hasn't had any decent quarterback. I think he had two years of Deshaun Watson as a rookie who, by the way, I think tore his ACL, like, halfway through his rookie year. And then he oh, had yeah. one, like, legit year with, with uh, Deshaun Watson. He was going to run away with. Rookie of the year. He was like, yeah, he was killing the rookie pace. And then I think, yeah, week, week eight broke his leg. Yeah, something like that happened. All right, let's get into the draft picks. Um, yeah. So we'll talk first about our fourth round draft pack, draft pick, Darius Davis. I'll let you go ahead and take the start on this uh, as I'm finishing my notes. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I think a lot of Charger fans, when they were saying, we want to yard after catch specialist. We want a yard after catch specialist. We want a deep threat. They were saying that with not realizing what that meant. And when Quentin Johnson came out, they were upset because he doesn't have the the blazing speed. And at the end of the day, when people were saying, I want a deep threat, I want a yard after catch specialist, what they were really saying is like, I want a faster receiver. Um, yeah. And so they, and, and I think me and you are on the same page. If if that's the the skill set you're looking for, you can get that in the third and fourth round. I was not expecting Quentin Johnston in one with his skill set, but at the end of the day, he is a true deep threat. He is a amazing yard after catch specialist. Now, for the people who felt left out, who wanted their speed guy, we went and got him in the fourth round, and he is a picture perfect replacement for DeAndre Carter and I think with him being young coming off a a national championship run playing with his 
teammate and position mate in Quentin Johnson and, and, you know, having a guy that threw him balls in college, uh, practicing with him in, in practice with uh, Max Dugan. Um, I think his game's going to come along a lot further as far as like a, a sixth receiver than we haven't kept six receivers in a long time. But I think day one, Darius, I think I, me and you, I think right after round one, Tyler, you called me and you're like, do you, do you like the Quentin Johnson pick? And I was telling you, I'm like, I love it. And he goes, you were so concerned. You're like, who's going to return? Who's going to return kicks? Who's going to return punts? That's where I, my Are, mind immediately went was, hey, and who's I was like, maybe be our primary returner. And I was telling you, I was like, maybe we draft another one. He's like, we're not going to draft six receivers. We can't. We won't. We won't. And he's like, maybe it'll be a fifth running back. And I'm like, it's not going to be a fifth running back. It's not going to be an 18th DB. We got our sixth receiver. And so, and I love this because I think it, it, it sets a trend for the, like the rest of these draft picks. If you have, even if you are set as far as, as starters at a position as important in the NFL today as receiver, offensive line, defensive line, it's still okay to add depth pieces around it because it, it solidifies your future opportunities. And so I love the Darius, um, the Darius Davis pick. Um, we get a, a legit returner to replace DeAndre Carter. This kid had six return touchdowns in, in his college career. Five punt returns, one kickoff to the house. He runs a 4-3-6. Um, so day one, we got a legit returner, which I'm excited for. At the end of the day, I, I think this is a really solid rule. Uh, like later down the line, I don't ever I don't really see him being like a legitimate receiver threat, but I, I do see him with his talents, with his shiftiness, with his ability to make plays with the ball in his hand as a, a true replacement for what we envisioned Joe Reed to be. The gadget. Yeah, player. that's exactly who he's supposed the, to be with Joe Reed. You know, the jet sweep guy, the the screen guy, uh, the guy just get the ball in his hands and let him do something magical with it. Um, I'm I'm excited to see him in powder blue. I, I think Davis is going to be a, a solid addition day one out, out the gates as a returner, uh, but excited for his future as, you know, that, that gadget player type of role. Yeah, so he's a tiny player, right? 5'8", 165 pounds, probably one of the smallest players in the NFL. Do we have a successful – Tyler, tell me this. Do we have a successful small uh, returner in Charger history? We do. We have a couple. Darren Sproles. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, the best. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, you yeah. Can, so you can be small and effective at that role. Yeah, and um, uh, not Tony Martin. What was his name back in the um, the 90s? There's another small returner that I can't think of his name right now. I'll let you look that up. But, yeah, we've got a couple of them. But Darren Sproul is <laughs> one of the best. Um, uh, Little Train. Lionel James. Oh, Lionel. I yeah, Lionel. But, I, I mean, didn't realize was way, he was a returner, back. too. Yeah. But, uh, like I said, like, tiny, tiny player. Makes up with it with, like, crazy speed. Four three six is what he was listed at. But he's been clocked in under uh, 4-3 before. Uh, against SMU, uh, he recorded 23.47 miles per hour. That's the fastest of any player in both the NFL and NCAA last season. And he has two of uh, returns at that speed. Uh, he's he's a track star. 200-meter Louisiana state title in consecutively 
for three years in a row. That track speed makes him a absolute beast from anywhere on the field. Um, tiny player, though. I mean, you're talking about an arm length of under 30 inches, eight-inch hands. I think that my hands are bigger. He's just a tiny catch radius. I just don't see him as, like, a wide receiver. Like, yeah, he uh, is only a return specialist. That's what he does. Statistically, it even suggests the same, right? You're talking about a player who had 42 receptions for 531 yards last year, five touchdowns, uh, and he has another pretty similar season in 2021. Just not a big threat, but also you got to take into account the fact that he didn't have a quarterback under center who could get him the ball. I, I just think that the, the draw to this guy is purely as a returner yeah. uh, and nothing really else. Like his speed is special, but that small frame, the small catch radius, radius makes him nothing more than like a decoy and go routes. Yeah, he's a deep route type of guy, but I feel like he's more of a decoy than he is a legitimate threat back there. Coming yeah. a fourth round draft pick, Probably a little rich. Dame Brugler ranked him as the 35th wide receiver in the class. Uh, fringe sixth-round draft pick. But, I mean, speed is an uncoachable trait. And his six scores as a returner is just a major weapon to a team that wants to continue to stay competitive in the third phase of the game. Uh, TCU used him a lot of jet sweeps, sweeps uh, in the screen game. Um, he was just asked to kill angles with speed. That's what he does. That's his whole thing. He caught 65% of his total targets, which is pretty impressive considering the accuracy issues under the Horned Frogs, uh, but two of eight contested. So he's just not really a contested catch guy. That's not what you want from him. A uh, little, very little of his production actually came in the deep part of the field. Um, Kellen Moore is probably going to have to design a lot of motions and stack Davis to make sure his ability to beat press is, is theirs because he's not going to be able to do it head on. He's going to have to to stack or uh, you'd be moved in motion to kind of get rid of that. Uh, as my kind of expectations, this guy is a, a Jet Award winner in 2022, special team, uh, Big 12 Special Teams Player of the Year. Um, he's going to be the kick returner, punt returner. I have him averaging 24, 25 yards an average. Uh, and let's go ahead and see, I would say, probably two return touchdowns. And he might be a special teams tackler, um, maybe on like the punt units. Uh, but more than likely he's just nothing more than a returner, which kind of sucks because I feel like that wastes a roster spot a little bit for a player like DeAndre Carter who kind of gives you two elements. I, I will say um, I'm excited for this this new rule that the, the NFL has. I hate that rule. The third I quarterback? I hate that rule. Yeah. I like oh, the it. third quarterback. Yeah. I thought you were going to talk about uh, fair catching on uh, kick returns if it doesn't go out of the end zone. Oh no, that's uh, that's that's Winnie Hutt Junior. status. Um, return the yeah. ball. Come on, come on. Did Let's you go, Pop Warner. Do a SpongeBob reference? Yeah, I said a Winnie Hutt Junior. If you're not going to return the ball <laughs> and it's out of the, it's inside the end zone, then sorry, you don't belong in the NFL. Like, uh... I mean, if you really wanted to, you could just <laughs> let the ball, like, not catch the ball on the five yard line. Get out of there. That's just bad. That's just. I don't know. No, I, that 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 rubs me so wrong in, in so many different ways. What I was gonna say is, six receivers hurts, but it hurts a little less this year with the NFL saying you can dress three quarterbacks. That third quarterback does not count to your yeah, you're uh, right rosters, especially for a team like the Chargers who are like, we don't care. We're gonna dress three quarterbacks anyway. 
a little ahead of the trend, I think. But you, you're seeing it because, especially because of the that uh, San Francisco um, playoff game where they had to reinsert. Uh, was it Brock? Was it? Yeah, they re- reinserted Brock, Brock Osweiler, and they couldn't Not even Brock throw. Osweiler, but um, Brock Purdy. Purdy. While yeah. he was hurt with a broken shoulder, like, dude, you're the only one who could do it. Can you do it? And he, he's like, he didn't even throw. He just handed the ball <laughs> off and he did these little dump toss, like dude. these little. That but, was terrible. But what right is bad for it was bad for the game. Like, you give me, uh, you give me a four string talent with how the the Niners were going that game. Like, I I think a lot of. <laughs> Anybody, I think a lot of people without a broken arm uh, could have got the job done for for the Niners. Uh, I mean, I'm surprised the Niners just didn't use somebody, some like running back or or a punter or a kicker as somebody their, played. Yeah, something I, had to somebody happen played there. receiver right in or uh, I don't know. Most but, of those, most of most most athletes, <laughs> I feel like that make it to the NFL were like a quarterback in high school at the very least, right? How many high schools are like, you're the best, you're the best receiver, play quarterback. I'm like, I, I don't play quarterback coach. I'm a, I'm an all state guard. And they're like, no, but you're the best. No, but there's the best a lot athlete. of those. No, but yeah, I, there's a lot of those, uh, those, uh, guys that are wide receiver now who transitioned to wide receiver from in college, you know, like I think Chris McCaffrey played quarterback as a high school. Right, you want the ball in in playmakers' hands, especially at that level. Like uh, guys like that are are game changing, season yeah. changing. So, you, so you I'm just get... surprised that they didn't didn't do something different in that game. But we got to get going. So let me go into our fifth round draft pick, Jordan McFadden. Uh, Chargers have invested very heavily in the offensive line in each of the last two seasons. Talking about drafting Rayshon Slater, signing Corey Lindsley to one of the, the biggest contracts among all centers in the NFL. Uh, yeah. They invested in Matt Byler, who was just let go. Uh, they drafted Zion Johnson in the first round. They dra- drafted Jamari Sawyer in the sixth round. I think Jordan McFadden is going to be the next kind of player to, to kind of take on a, a pretty significant role in the future. Uh, 6'2", 303 pounds, kind of a short but stout guard is what we project him to play only played tackle throughout his um, high school and college career. He's got long arms, uh, long enough to hold his own at tackle, but the the shorter height is kind of what projected him to go and play more on the interior. Really athletic guy, 40-yard dash, 499. Uh, That tested pretty well in agility drills. Uh, Also put up 225 pounds 24 times at the combine. Uh, Overall, uh, RAS score was a 7.71. Um, he was the year's starter full-time each of the last three seasons, two years at left tackle, one year at right tackle. Uh, gave up a total of four, five, six, seven, eight, nine sacks over four years. Uh, so just not a, a, a player that really gave up a whole lot of pressures. Um, six pressures in 2020. Two quarterback hits on top of it. So And two quarterback oh, hits. So that's a fairly reliable player, right? Um, and a three-year starter for a, a, a Clemson team that also was in the college national championship just two seasons ago. Um, projects to play guard, never played the position, takes really good angles as a run blocker, and I think that's kind of why it's really easy to kind of move him on the interior. Uh, he's got some strength to anchor down, but he's not a power type of guy. He's a, he's a, a catch-you pivot 
uh, and just wall you off type of player. Uh, he was Dame Brugler's eighth ranked guard, projected as a fourth round pick. We end up getting him uh, in the fifth round. So you get some value there. Um, and I, I really like his ability to play inside out. Um, gives you some flexibility there. I think there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve with him playing guard. I think the strength and conditioning team is going to be tasked with building out his lower bodies, kind of the top heavy type of guy. Uh, and I think he's going to play more of a reserve role uh, to start his career, potentially be the swing tackle because Chargers really don't have one right now. Um, I think that they're a little thin at the tackle position. I think this just gives you a little bit of flexibility. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, I, I love it as a as a depth piece. Um, it it kind of goes back to what I was talking about um, with Darius Davis. If it's an important position, even if we're stacked at, at, at the starters, you got to continue to address it so you don't fall off a cliff. Uh, you know, when when those guys on the top of the depth chart uh, retire or get injured, move away. So a position like the offensive line, we've seen it as soon as, soon as Staley has came in, his main objective was, was turning that unit around. And I think we got solid guys at the top five um, in place. Now it's all about building up that depth, building up guys to insert into that lineup uh, when, like, the the Corey Lindsay's, uh, we just saw Filer leave. Um, so we, we have replacements for those older guys. I think Jordan McFadden makes a lot of sense. Uh, he gets to compete day one with Brandon Hymas as the swing guard. Hymas has been here now. He's going into his third season. I don't think we've seen capabilities of, of developing to him to a starter. I think he's a solid depth piece. Um, I think that's all I've seen from him at, at this point in his career. Prove me wrong, Brendan. I miss getting into that starting position. I would love to see it. I think it makes the team better. I liked but, everything I've seen from him in our, our I don't not like games. it. I just don't, yeah. I just don't see anything special. Uh, I guess. I just don't think we've seen him play against any quality talent, but in every yeah, preseason yeah. game we've seen him play, he's I not, feel like he's not, played he's pretty good. solid. And I, I think that's why I'm, I'm, I, I love him as the six offensive lineman. Um, I think he needs to do I, – I think you're right. He needs to compete with the Niners defensive line, the, the Colts defensive line, um, and handle them solidly to be able to consider, oh, maybe we should slot him in at guard. Um, it is not notable also that he didn't – wasn't the player that was picked to play left tackle and Rayshon Slayer went down. That was no. Amari Sawyer, and both of them have – tackle experience so and it so, is notable that he was not the first uh picked for that position very very interesting point especially because mcfadden's coming from only playing tackle i turn off your mic i can't hear you anyways i'll let you figure out your uh Un inability to hear anything um you're on mute big dog just so you know why all right you're on back now <laughs> yeah you're good all right let's go ahead and talk about uh scott matlock uh i didn't really watch a whole lot of scott matlock i think that he's got kind of an interesting story uh we can talk about it here in a second um but I, I see him more as a five technique in Brandon Staley's three, four scheme, somebody that um, didn't really generate a whole lot of consistent pressure in the backfield. Uh, doesn't have a whole lot of consistent production back there either in, in terms of tackles for loss. 
I think he showed some traits that could make him a potential good pick. Um, I think that he's kind of got a, 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 an interesting story, a player who lost both his parent, play, uh, parents before he even made it to high school, still managed to graduate with a four-year degree and still continuously been able to focus on his football career. Uh, 6'4", 304 pounds, Richard Sr. High school, he played tight end, played offensive line, played defensive line, all state in all three positions, which is kind of interesting. Didn't get invited to the NFL Combine, but really impressed at his pro day and speed and agility drills. Uh, would have tested first among all defensive tackles in the three-cone drill and in the shuttle drill had he gone to the NFL Combine. A 4-8, 140-yard dash at 300 pounds, that's pretty significant. Also put up 29 reps, uh, reps on bench press. Uh, for a six-round pick, I think that he has traits that can kind of overcome his draft slot. I think he's going to have a real tough time actually making the 53-man roster. Um, you're talking about a player last year had two and a half sacks, six tackles for loss, 49 tackles. And then the year before, 41 tackles, eight and a half tackles for loss, seven sacks, a forced fumble, and two fumble recoveries. Um, Three-year starter, played a lot of football. Um not really overly impressed with what I saw on film kind of flashed at times and then would just completely disappear gets blocked out a lot tell me what are your thoughts on Scott Matlock yeah um I think initial reaction was all right sweet we're we're getting some depth pieces along the defensive line I think if you're looking at him strictly as a guy who to play defense you're looking at a, a, a long-term replacement for a Morgan Fox, an interior pass rusher. That's what that that's that's what you hope he develops into. Um, day one, I, I think what I was excited about was not defensive stuff from Matlock, but special teams play. The kid blocked three kicks or yeah, three field goals in his career uh, at, at Boise State. So I, I like that addition. I think he, if he does make the team, it's going to be as an interior um, kick blocker. or what, what do you even call that position? Uh, a point after or a field goal special team unit. Um, I think you, when was the last time the Chargers have, have blocked a, a field goal attempt? I don't remember the last yeah. time. I can't think of it. Um, but I think that's a solid place for him to start. And it also helps develop what he will be good at setting him within lined up in or outside a guard or center and letting him go and get after the, get after the football and make a play. Um, three, three block kicks is, is no coincidence that that, that is no. a technique. One, one is tough. So three, you're, you're, you're showing me something. So I, I see the value there. I think it's a long-term depth piece on the defensive side of things but I, I do i do think he makes this roster because i don't think we have a whole lot of big strong uh linemen type of guys for those uh special team units so i i, I do think he sneaks on onto this roster for special team use uh, starting day one you know i just don't think if there's a position right now that i feel like we're a little light on uh in terms of the depth i think we're kind of light on uh, the defensive line. You're talking about Morgan Fox, Austin yeah. Johnson, Sebastian Joseph Day being your your top guys. Nick Williams, I think, is going to be a pretty quality rotational piece, specifically mm -hmm. uh, in short situations. Probably not going to be your guy in there, you know, third and long, uh, even maybe even second and long. 
because I feel like he's going to be primarily a, a run stopper. Atito Agbonia, I think is a better, uh, probably better at the nose tackle position. We have him listed on ESPN as a defensive end. I don't think that's his best position. I really feel like it's at um, at the nose as well. Uh, goal line situations um, probably will get a little bit more because he is younger. But outside of that, that's kind of it in terms of our uh, depth at you know end. I, I feel like we need another uh, three hundred pound uh, veteran that that can come in and play a pretty significant rotational role, and I just don't think we have that right now. Um, Scott Matlock, because of that, really has a, a legitimate chance of making this roster because, you know, it's really kind of thin at that group. I, I feel like we still need another body there, like a Christian Covington, to, yeah. to rotate in. We just don't have it. We're a little light there. We're one. <laughs> we are a one injury away to see Bass from Morgan Fox before Scott Matlock is a starter, and I just don't. I, I well, okay with that. I, I think you made some good points. I think, first off, that move is putting a lot of faith in Austin Johnson and Otito Ogbanya returning to form after their leg injuries. I think it also speaks to the fact about what they see for our second-round pick in Thule to Polito. Like, not only – we drafted him as edge. He's going to get reps there. They also see him as probably the, the number two – defensive line replacement on all five positions across the line. The only uh, thing I'm worried about with tackle. that the only uh, thing I'm worried about with that is Thule is pretty light to be playing that right now. Yeah. And he's but he's a he's but, very young. He's only 20 yeah. years old. So asking him to learn two different positions this year in a pretty complicated scheme. Um probably like I still think he's going to get reps on the interior, but I'm not cross-training him just yet. I'm letting him learn one specific role. It'll be off the edge. Let him learn his stunts. Uh, I don't I don't think this year you're going to see a lot of that from Thule without a massive, drastic um, injury on the interior there. So, I mean, it could happen either way, but you're asking a lot from a 20-year-old kid to go and do that. I mean, he still hasn't even grown into his full body yet, if you think about it. He's only 20 years old, like – which I I don't know. I think it, it's all pro- positive for the Chargers. I think yeah. they, they got an absolute steal in the second round with Thule. I, I, I can't wait to watch this kid uh, put on the powder blue and, and get to work. But um, no, I, I, I think the Scott Matlock makes sense. But at that point in the draft, like I was losing interest and I really was completely checked out with our, our seventh round pick, if you want to get into that. So with the final pick, the Chargers threw a dart. That's what it was. It was a no. dart. Dirt. <laughs> and they drafted uh, Max Duggan from TCU. Um, I don't. E- I didn't even write my notes on him, but I watched him. I watched just about every throw he's made over the last two years. Uh, not very many of them hit a target. <laughs> not m- very many of them were were plays made by him. I think he's really athletic. He's also got a, an interesting story. Really mature player, I think, is what got him drafted. Really, really inaccurate. Yeah. Uh, if he fell out of a boat, he'd miss water. Yeah, he's all over the place. 
he's all over the place. Uh, he does. He's got a strong arm. It's 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 a rocket. This is a player who started. I want to say his freshman, sophomore, junior year, and was benched as a senior um, for uh, another player that was a little more accurate. Ended up getting hurt, thrust him back into the spotlight, and really had probably one of the better uh, seasons of any quarterback. Was a runner-up for the Heisman, uh, but it was all because of his legs, his ability to um, to to get first downs really is what it came out to keeping drives alive. He was able to do it. Uh, he is very, very inaccurate down the field. He's very inaccurate short. A lot of his production came on in the screen games. He had a court, a, a wide receiver who was just drafted by the chargers early who everybody at the beginning thought was going to be a top 10 pick ends up falling a little bit further. Um, he had Darius Davis. He had a legitimate speed threat. He had a lot of wide receivers. Yeah. He had a really good offensive line. He had a really good running back. Um, that just goes to show that, you know, if if you can manage a team, you can win football games. And, and that's yep. what you're getting from him. I mean, he handled getting benched pretty maturely, uh, got his chance to shine. And he's just really athletic. He's big. He plays through injuries. He's had a lot of them over the years. He had like heart surgery uh, like two seasons ago for like an enlarged heart issue or something that happened with that. Right. Yeah. And still never missed a snap or, or anything like he's, wow. he's a big guy. He's, he's what you want to be developmental, but yeah. he is a complete mess in terms of just being <laughs> what you accurate. need to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But when it comes to, uh, job expectations and and requirements he does not hit any of those he hits all the prerequisites but he doesn't fill any of the the he's job a great locker room guy i'm sure yeah. he'd be great to have a beer with and just sure. talk to he seems really mature and his max come on the podcast interview. let's have a beer i feel like we would burn a bridge if that happened yeah we're like hey why do you suck so bad <laughs> He's just not really good today, but he's probably not really good. But like, if you're looking for a developmental developmental player who you want as in terms of like the brain, right? Like he played for his his high school coach. Uh, sorry, his uh, his father was like his high school coach, coming all the way up. Um, he's just not very accurate is, is the issue. He throws, throws it up a lot. Um, but I mean, you're talking about, he had 38 touchdowns to eight, eight interceptions. I want to say something like that. So 40, like 41 touchdowns last year, 41 touchdowns to, to eight interceptions. Right. I, think I mean, that. that's pretty good. So like he made it work. He got them to the college national football championship. Like he got them there. He won that game. He didn't win that game, but he helped them win that game against Michigan where they had no business of actually being in that game. <laughs> that was a crazy game. None. And no. he he's, I guess, like, like they played from behind a lot, a lot, and they still managed to go undefeated up to that point. They were behind in almost every game at some point, and they came back. So you're talking about players that just kind of have the it factor – that have the maturity, the brain, uh, the work ethic. Maybe you can clean up the inaccuracy issues. Maybe it's technical. 
maybe he just maybe he just throws it too hard and thinks that he everything needs to be on a bullet because it's Calm strong. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I hope that's it because. Or maybe he just sucks. I mean, one of the two has <laughs> got to be real. But I, I'm I'm looking at a positive because it's a seventh round draft pick. Rarely do those players make your 53 man roster, anyways. Yeah. Well, and, and let's look at it positive. It is very hard to be one of the top 32 quarterbacks in the league right now. They they are we are pumping them out right now, left and right generational type talents and we have so many of them all playing in the same era all in their primes it is kind of crazy we are in a, a era of sports in general where there are just so many good players uh it's it's tough so i i feel like that, that that's the first thing i want to say before i talk about max dugan at the end of the day looking at his, his college skill set i think you're looking at a uh, like a Brock Osweiler type, a very, very solid backup quarterback. And now if it's coming down to the end of the season and you are the Broncos and Peyton Manning broke his neck and you still have a Super Bowl caliber type of roster and you just need a guy to hand the ball off and, and dink and dunk, I think Max Dugan fits in really nicely with that. We're giving, you know, two, three years to develop behind a guy like that uh, and, and practice. I, I think we drafted the, the long, long, long-term future of backup quarterback. I think we're still giving Easton Stick a shot. I love the fact that we are now allowed to dress three quarterbacks with the third one, not, uh, you know, knocking that count. Spot. Right. Um, because the Chargers have been doing that for, for a long time now, and it's been frustrating me. But now you get, you get, you get one extra for free. So I, I love that. Um, at the end of the day, the kid threw 73 touchdowns in his college career, almost, almost 10,000 yards, 9,600 yards, very productive. He's not going to be, he's not going to be a franchise quarterback. I don't think he'll ever be a starter unless it's for a squandering franchise. Like, uh, if, if Houston, went Texas. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say like he will go back to Texas. We'll send you to Houston. Like, uh, you're not gonna start. You're, he's not gonna start in this league. He has to become three different people, I think, to get to that level. I think he is a very, very good backup quarterback to develop. Um, and I, I think that's what we got. I do also think we could have got him undrafted. I don't think, I don't think anybody else was thinking about him. In the well, I round. think your, your final 15 picks in the draft don't matter, right? It's just the they, player they, that they you don't. want the most, sure. you know, like those guys take a they look suck. historically at seventh <laughs> round draft picks and how many of them are still on a roster. Yeah. No, I, 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 I hear what you're saying. Um, yeah, like it, and, it doesn't matter. It's the player that you want the most out of who's remaining. And to be honest, I don't even know half of those guys anymore, right? Like your first four picks are players that are legitimately going to make the roster. Your fifth and sixth are really kind of darts realistically, right? Your fifth may be a little bit more. He's probably, of course, a special teamer. Your sixth and seventh, those are basically dart throws. You're drafting based off of uh measurable traits right like oh this yeah. guy's really fast this guy's really strong this guy's got a really good story this guy came through a lot and managed to do this this and this 
And yeah. that is Max Duggan. Max Duggan has some really crazy traits, like four, five, one forty-yard dash or something like that. Like that's re- astronomical. Takes a team to the college national championship. That's astronomical. Three years of starting experience, a legitimate starting experience, and was benched and still almost finished like second in Heisman voting. Like he's got all of those traits. Why? Why not take a dart throw on somebody like that? And well, also, let's be real. One last thing I want to bring up: your job as a backup quarterback is not to throw. It has nothing to do with your arm. It's all about your ability to process a football game, understand tendencies, and relay any film type work up to the starter. Your ability to actually throw as a backup quarterback. I don't think matters all that much, right? Yeah, you got your Nick Foles who come back and and you know won Super Bowls. Those those are rare, non-normal instances. But your normal backup is a Brock Osweiler, is a, a, a guy who flammed out, and the only and that guy's not even in the league anymore because his brain wasn't there, mm-hmm. right? But you're looking at other guys like Daniel Jones, who's really not a great quarterback, but played for 17 years or something crazy like that because he can break down film. He can be a mentor. And as a rookie, you need to develop that aspect of your game, but it's all about your character and your ability to be a sponge, soak up knowledge, and then let somebody bounce ideas and questions off of you and see how you're thinking about the game from a different light. That's the role of a backup quarterback. has nothing to do with you actually being able to make a a good throw. It's all about your ability to break down film and relay information for your starter. I, I think you you nailed the value that a a backup quarterback brings. And I think another trait that we we haven't addressed is his his leadership ability. Quarterbacks are natural leaders. This guy, with the lack of talent that he does not possess, did something right to lead a TCU team who. When the when was the last time TCU was competitive at the national level? I get LT T- years. LT, yeah. Like even then, I I, I think I, I don't remember them competing for for a, a national championship. Um, so I I think Max Deegan, on top of all the football stuff, he is a, a great locker room presence. He is a leader. He is a guy who wants to win. Who has a great story. Who knows how to get guys to rally behind him. Um, and with a guy like uh, Justin Herbert, who doesn't naturally have that ability, who doesn't really like to go and do that, um, with with an Easton stick right in the middle, who I don't really think has that capability either, um, I, I kind of like it for the fact that this is a going to be an a, I'm not going to say ego guy, but like an energy guy. Um, I think he he adds to the energy that we're building. I think he's going to be a positive presence to be around. Um, and 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 you want to add pieces like that when we are building for greatness, when we're striving for greatness, um, when we are so close but just not there. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense. And then you're also easing the the transition process for that first and fourth round pick, being having some guy that you you know that you are comfortable with helping you adapt to the next level. We got three Horn Frogs on the team. I think seven Horn Frogs got drafted and we have three of them. Yeah. So, we we we're we're building TCU West right now out at uh in Costa Mesa. Um but I I love it. I think it 
I, I don't love it. I, after dealing with my initial shock of the pick and then I'm analyzing it, I think it makes sense uh, for uh, multiple different reasons. Uh, maybe that's just me talking myself uh, into believing again because that's what I do as a Chargers fan. Uh, but I, 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 I honestly, at this point, I've convinced myself. I, I, I see the value. I, I think, I think it makes a lot of sense in, in a lot of different ways. And at the end of the day, we don't really need Easton Stick or Max Dugan throwing passes because um, we got the superhuman. Even if he has broken ribs, he's going to throw for five thousand yards, and that's Justin yeah. Herbert. And and to kind of close this off, um, as my PC is running low on power and telling me I need to get off. Anyways, um, to close it off, it's a seventh round draft pick. He was projected to go in the seventh round. There wasn't very many quarterbacks left. They focused all of their attention in other places, which they should have. And when you need a, a third quarterback in training camp, and because Justin Herbert's shoulder, he had surgery, right? He's barely sure. throwing right now. You needed somebody else out there, right? Whether or not you wanted to wait 15 more picks and potentially not get that quarterback. Sure. You know, like you needed somebody there, right? Even, no, if his, if, even if he doesn't even make the 53-man roster, he's a seventh-round draft pick. He's not expected to, right? Yeah. And in an ideal world, you should replace your seventh-round draft pick with a better player who's a free agent who's going to cost, you know, the veteran minimum. So, you know, I don't even care that it hits or doesn't hit. It's a seventh-round draft pick. Who cares? Uh, that's all we got for you guys. Uh, I think next week we'll talk about some of our UDFAs. Basically a seventh round draft pick. Any of those guys could be a been a seventh round draft pick. Um, I think me and you will do like a little draft on the side. We'll pick our favorite three or four each and, and we'll break them down. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Talk to you guys next week. <laughs>